0: how many of you know there is no place like being in the house of God amen there's no place in the world (laughs) I thought about the scripture when the psalmist began to say he said better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere how many of you feel like that today amen I love being in the house of God y'all stand up with me let us pray as we get ready to go into the word also I, I don't think I heard that the on the 21st, that's going to be our church feast. We're bringing that back. You did you, you said that, kid? You didn't? Okay. So, November 21st, that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We used to do our feast. Well, this year, we're bringing it back. So, not next Sunday. The Sunday after. Sunday before Thanksgiving, we're going to set up. We're in a perfect spot for it. So, we're going to have the table set up and we're going to have our annual feast back in play. Amen? And it's just, a give God a hand praise for that, amen. A time to show thankfulness to God for all he's done, for keeping us. I think there was over uh, uh, I forgot the total number of of COVID deaths. I think it's 7 million across the world. And then hospitalizations, people got long term COVID effects. I know some people that were pastors and bishops and, I mean, COVID was taking out people. And I thank God that I'm thankful, even we had people in our congregation that God kept them. God brought them through. Amen. And I know it was nothing but the hand of God. Y'all give God a hand because the Bible says, He that keepeth Israel. Don't slumber or sleep. A lot of people, they may say, Well, I take vitamins and I'm healthy. No, God kept you because there's young people going on ventilators, young people dying of COVID perfectly healthy and normally it's supposed to take you out of your underlying conditions all your fight would be harder but God kept his people and I'm grateful for that I'm thankful for that amen and I appreciate the Lord for keeping his hand on us y'all give him another hand clap for that I'm Grateful. amen if God kept you from COVID amen lift your hands up that's testimonies if you look at all of them wow all of y'all had COVID and came through? Oh, if you had COVID and God brought you through, lift your hand up. Look at that. He's a keeper, ain't he? Thank them for that. The Bible says in everything, give thanks. <laughs> Amen. And then you know what? I think as I, as I live on this journey, I'm, I'm getting a little older. Just had my first grandchild. Amen. Thank God for a healthy, healthy delivery. I thank God for that but as I look out and, I, and, and one of the things I'm learning about life that causes people not to be full of joy and happy is they're not grateful. You, you, well, you can measure wealth and money and all of that but things that people overlook is if God is making sure every day you have food to eat if God is making sure you have employment if you have a place to live amen. You should be thanking him every day because there's people that will trade with you in a minute. And as I'm the older I get, the more I realize how fragile life is and the more I find myself finding reasons to thank God. Start finding reasons. Instead of looking for at what you don't have, start finding reasons to say, Lord, I thank you. And you're going to see your heart is going to start getting more Fulfilled, you're gonna be more, you're gonna be happier because when you find things to thank God for, what you're gonna realize is you really have more than you think. How many of you have more than one pair of shoes? Lift your hand? How many of you have more than one shirt to wear? More than one pair of pants, more than one pair of socks. How many of you ate yesterday? You see, somebody said too much. You tell me God hasn't been good to his people. You tell me God is not good to you. Everybody in here have more than one. Don't you know you can only wear one pair of socks at a time? Some people wear two pairs. But you only need one pair. You only need one pair of pants. You only need one. And God has all of you. So look what Jesus said. He said, if you have two coats, find somebody that don't have one and give to them that's what this food drive is about we want to make sure that people that don't have as the church we want to make sure we are blessing people that don't have what we have is that too much to ask amen so be a blessing so bow your heads and let us pray as we go into the word father god in the mighty name of your precious son jesus the one who I'm starting to learn to love more and more every single day. When I just think about your sacrifice, I think about your life before you came into this world, how everything was perfect for you. You you didn't have to come. Adam chose to fall. That wasn't, you had no part in that. But as you saw, oh God, our failure and our God, how we fell short of your glory by choice, oh God. You came up with a way to redeem us. And Father God, I realize, God, that most people don't think about that and most people don't meditate on the sacrifice of Christ. But I'm grateful today, Lord Jesus. I thank you for just creating an opportunity to save me from my sins and my shortcomings and my failures grateful Lord and God as we approach this this season where the many people will be reflecting and giving you thanks I'm thankful God I'm grateful because oh God I know God that God there's men my age and even younger that fall asleep and don't wake up the next day God and I'm grateful believing that wives and children and and companies god i'm grateful god all the stories i heard god of people coming down with covid god that didn't make it, our lungs damaged god i'm grateful god throughout this whole pandemic god you kept me oh god god kept my family oh god kept this congregation oh god god to someone god that's not a big thing but act seven million people god that didn't make it through god i'm grateful oh god God, I thank you, God. I bless your holy name because I know that it's you, God. It's not that we so smart from God. People will say, I don't know where I got it from. I, I've been so careful. God, I just let somebody deliver food and, and next thing you know, I was sick and I took the bus and I wore my mask. God, but I'm grateful, God, not because I'm so smart, God, but I know, God, that it's only because you love us. That you keep us, oh God. You keep us, oh God. And I'm grateful. God, and as I open up this sermon today, I pray that the ears of your beautiful, precious people, God, that they would have open ears just to hear from you. Every opportunity we get to open up the Holy Scriptures of God, it's a blessing. God, in some countries, God, as I read, oh, God, people are persecuted just for having Bibles. God, in, in some places, oh, God, people have to go in tunnels just to have church. God, people are persecuted. Every country is not free to worship you. So, therefore, I thank you for America. God, with all of the, the divisiveness and all the divide and god but at the end of the day god you allow this country to exist oh god and i pray for the leadership of this country i pray for the political division of this country oh god Give them wisdom, oh God, to care for the citizens of this country. I thank you for the Constitution, God, that gives us the religious freedom, oh God, where we can come together weekly, God, and during the week as much as we can, God, and serve you, God, in peace, oh God. I pray for pastors and leaders and apostles, God, that they be not discouraged on this day, but encourage them, oh God. God, as they navigate the church through pandemic and inflation and, and unemployment in their congregation, give them the courage, oh God, to keep plowing, God, to keep going. Give them the grace, oh God. God, I pray for every leader in this house, oh God. Give them the grace, oh God, and the wisdom to build their teams and to keep them going, God, to keep them inspired. Give them creativity to build, God. Thank thee for the praise and worship team, God. Continue to bless them, God, as they usher in your precious presence. Bless the work of their hands. Bless, God, Brother Bill and Josh and and all of the singers and all of the musicians, God. Even bless those that you're going to send this way, God hallelujah God and I thank you for God Mr. Chuck God the mayor of rain that has opened this place for us God I pray God as I have met him God that you continue to lead him and guide him and bless him and be with him bless the city of rain God that have let us come into this city God and worship on God bless this city God hallelujah God bless him God and as our time here comes to a close God, if we're getting ready to move back into the city of Lafayette, build us up, God. Strengthen us, oh God. Strengthen our hearts. Give us the courage, God, to continue to go out into the community and compel men to turn to you. God, give us wisdom, God. Give us strength. Fill us with power, God, that when men turn to you, we can lay hands on them, God, and they can be free from bondages, addictions, God, and sin, God. Mm. Give us the grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I bind every spirit that would hinder this word. Somebody say amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go over here to the Gospel of Luke. Y'all can flow with me for a few minutes. Amen. Didn't we have a wonderful praise and worship time, good spirit in here? I enjoyed it. Welcome to you. That's your first time coming fellowship with us. I pray that, amen, you enjoyed yourself. Amen. I pray that you were blessed and uplifted. And How many of you know praise and worship is so important? (laughs) Amen. Because you battle demons all week long. (laughs) How many of you have been fighting demons this week? Come on, that's it. Paul said we wrestle not with flesh and blood. They say, but we wrestle against powers and principalities. How many of you know the devil going to come to wrestle with you at your address? He going to show up. Amen. And you need some power to overcome these spirits. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to start off, (laughs) amen, just a tad boring. So okay, huh? Y'all know what I tell y'all about boring. Kids like pictures they got to learn with pictures and colors. But when you go to higher levels of learning, it gets more boring. But when it gets to those levels, how many of you know that's where the mastery is? The master's degrees in college and first grade are taught different. They do a lot of colors and pictures in first grade because they're really just trying to hold the attention span of the kids. But by the time you go and pursue upper grad degrees, Amen. You're a little more focused. and Well, not a little more. Hopefully, you're a lot more. Amen. Because you're getting ready to get knowledge that can help your family build wealth. Amen. So, I'm going to take you through something right quick. Maybe five, ten minutes is going to be a little boring. But I promise you, there's a lot to learn in this. Let's go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 3. And we're going to start at verse 23. No. I'm going to read it backwards, okay? I'm going to read it backwards. I'm going to start at Luke 23, verse 38, and I'm going to skip through it. We're going to kind of go back to verse 23, and I'm going to give you some genealogy. Somebody say genealogy. Genealogy can be boring, but a lot of times you don't know the battles you fight in, Because you don't know what's been traveling in your bloodline. And when you start learning what's been traveling through your family, it kind of gives you an idea of who you are as a person. And then as you start learning more about who you are as a person, then you can learn how to combat and overcome. Amen? All right, so... The Bible could use this term. Paul used this term in the book of Romans. He says how debt passed. Somebody say biology. Debt passed on every man. He's talking about when Adam fell, the genes of man could started to become predisposed to sinning. Amen. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. He said that which is born of the flesh is going to always be flesh. I loved how Jesus taught that because when Paul taught about things passing, he started to talk about how things started to travel from family, through the families, through the lineage, through the blood. Just like I look like Lewis Miller Sr. I look like him. I have mannerisms like him because things pass from him physically to me. How is it that we can recognize things passing physically, but we're not aware that spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, things pass and travel as well? Things travel. (laughs) Things travel. Now, Jesus' bloodline is very, 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 very interesting. And dysfunctional. Very dysfunctional. I'm going to show you three characters in this bloodline, and you're going to be like, How in the world did God bring something as pure and holy and powerful as Jesus Christ out of that lineage? You never listen to him. God can take things when you submit to him. It don't even matter what's been traveling through your family. At the point of rebirth, everything stops. The power of what's been traveling is broken at the rebirth moment. The moment you are born, whatever's been traveling your way, the power of that thing is broken. But the influence of it is not broken. That's why Paul talked about crucifying the old man, mortifying him. He's talking about everything that's been traveling. When you are reborn, you now have the power to, for it not to dominate you no more. But you've got to recognize it, and when it surfaces, you've got to kill it because when you start to kill it, you are literally removing out of your bloodline, your lineage, things that's been traveling. That's why the title of this sermon is, It Stops With Me. It Stops With Me. Whew. Let me get boring. Y'all don't mind if I get a little boring right quick? Because you've got to get this. I'm going to get a little more excited. Well, maybe Stephanie had all y'all excitement for the day. Cause <laughs> So may, that may be all excitement you get out of this service today. I don't know. You never know. But Stephanie was pretty fired up, huh? All right. So let's look at Luke chapter 3. Amen. And go to the last verse, and we're going to work our way up. I read it a little back, but verse 38, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Somebody say, God, Adam, Seth, Enos, Canaan, Melilo, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Sim, or Phaxad. Look, they like some of these words. <laughs> Canaan, Selah, Herba. Phalag, Ragu, Sarak, Nechor, Tara, Abraham, Isaac, (laughs) Jacob, Judah. Let me tell you about Judah. Y'all see who his daddy was? His daddy was Jacob. First, I'm going to tell you about Jacob. Jacob in the book of Genesis, look what it said about him in the book of Genesis. Let me finish my genealogy first, because these characters, when I started reading these characters, I'm like, Phew. these boys were something else. Let, let me finish my genealogy and then I'm gonna come back and give you. I'm gonna give you three characters. I'm gonna summarize them in just two points. Okay? But where I stopped there? He one of them. It got me with him. Pharahs, <laughs> Ezra, Aram, Amminadab, Nathan, Salmon, Boaz. That was some characters right there, Lord. Obed, Jesse, <laughs> David. And then we're going to come up. Now let's go up to verse 23. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age. Being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli, and it just started walking through. Now, what I love about the way God did Jesus' story, Jesus, the Bible says, the son of Joseph, as was supposed. We all know that Jesus was born of the Holy Ghost, but by marriage, Joseph was his father. It don't say stepfather, though. That's part of dysfunction right there. <laughs> when we're using those terms, stepchildren in our house, you make those kids feel less than. We need to kill that. Joseph, all the scriptures, never use stepchild. Not one time. If you marry a man or a woman, guess who those children are now? Yours. How many of you know some people that mistreated stepchildren? Don't raise your hand because we don't want to tell them. We don't want to do that. But the Bible didn't call him a stepchild, and neither should we as Christians... Have that terminology. Now some people are going to push back on me, but then they're going to wonder why there's no peace and why the house is in chaos. Because you're making those kids, when you're not around and you dropping step in that house, it's making those kids fight against each other because those kids are not feeling equal. So when you go, they're fighting, but you planted that. <laughs> All right? So let's go over here to the book of Genesis. Let's look at Jacob and, jo- and Jacob. The first character I'm going to show you, y'all write this down because I'm going to show you when things start. Ooh, ooh. I love studying the Word. Y'all do a lot of studying. man. If you're gonna, when you really pay attention and study, you're going to learn a lot, and it's going to change just a lot of your decisions. Let's go to, Jacob, to the book of Genesis 25. Verse 21 to 23. Genesis 25, verse 21 to 23. Amen? Say amen when you get there. Let me settle down. I don't even feel settled. Maybe Stephanie stirred me up too much. (laughs) Uh, Stephanie got me feel like I drunk some coffee and I'm trying to settle down right now. I'm getting all ahead of myself. Amen. Because I got to start thinking, y'all. And listen, when you give into House of Freedom, think about it. <laughs> Amen. God has given us vision. You've got to see beyond this because we're going to do some some better things with YouTube and Podbean, our website, some TV things, radio things. So we've got to start thinking about all of that because God wants to. I know the mission that God has for us. we got a lot of work to do. Amen. And we're going to do it. Amen. We're going to do it. But they're getting our building ready. It's going to be starting real soon. And we're going to do it. And you've got to think about that. This, just the same way you found this, this when God is blessing you, you want to share that with as many people as you can. Amen. You don't want to be selfish. Amen. So Genesis 25, verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. His wife was barren and the Lord was entreated of him and Rebecca conceived and the children struggled together where the struggle was within her and she said if it be so why am I thus Then she went to inquire of the Lord and look what the Lord said two nations are in your womb and two manner. Of people shall be separated from your bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. Y'all, look at what the fight started. These children were already restless in the womb. Some of you, have you ever felt a child kicking? Come in, ladies. You remember your child kicking on the inside of you? And some of you have children that was kicking on the inside of you for a reason. These children who are sitting in Rebecca. And so what got me about this story, Abraham, Isaac prayed to God. His wife was barren. And when he began to pray to God, he asked his God, give me a child. God allowed his wife to get pregnant. She felt two boys in her stomach wrestling. And she say, Lord, why in the world are these children fighting? And what, what is going on? Why are they tussling and why are they fighting? And, and, and see, God was able to see these kids at the gene level. And God said, you got two different personality types in your womb. Any twins in here? Anybody in here have a twin? No twin." These boys came out as twins with two different personalities. But what was happening? Listen to this. Jacob had in his spirit, I love God, but I'm crooked. I'm deceitful. Deceit was already in him. And he wanted to serve God. He wanted to do what's right. And he wanted the blessing of God Even in the womb, Esau was bigger. Esau was stronger, so Esau was going to come out first. But in Jacob's mind, all the way in the stomach, he was already conniving, trying to figure out how to come first. That's amazing. How did they know that? How did Jacob know that? What was in Jacob? You ever had a child and you looked at him, you're like, I know that's a preacher. I I know that's a man of God. I know that's a, sometimes God can show you things in the spirit about a child and that child don't even know who they are. That's why you can never stop praying for your children. Because Jacob, even though he had deceitful ways, he still was called by God. A lot of you, your children get to a certain age and you're ready to throw them away, and come get them, get rid of them. You are throwing a prophet away. You could be throwing an apostle into the street this apostle may be just going through an identity crisis and you're ready to throw him in the street not realizing that's the same child that God showed you was a woman of God. When people going through their trying to find themselves moments like the prodigal son, you don't know what they may been involved in. The Bible say the prodigal son was eating pig food. He was literally out there eating with the swine. God was nowhere on his mind, but his parents never gave up on him. And at some point, something just clicked. Some of you, something's about to click in your children's mind. Don't don't. Yeah, they went to the club last night, but something about to click. God just showed me that something about to click. Something about to click because all it's going to take is that near accident. All it's going to take is them seeing what's going and something is going to click. And they're going to remember my mother, Siobhan, been praying for me. I don't fit out here, but you can't stop praying for them because something is about to click. Somebody say something about to click. Yeah, you frustrated with him and her. You're looking at him sometimes and you're like, that is not the child I raised. Something about to click. Oh, yeah, see, you've got to speak that. Now, you can say that's just a good, cute sermon, or you can grab God's word and say, you know what, pastor? I'm about to be sending that testimony card in because when you spoke that, a few days later, something clicked. And he say, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I don't fit out there no more. There's something about to click. Oh, yeah, something about to click. It clicked with Jacob. Jacob. But he started off bad. He started off what you would call ratchet. This boy, even from the womb, Esau was coming out. He grabbed his heel and he said, now you're not going to get out of here before me. I want the birthright. He was tricky, sneaking and conniving his whole life until God made him deal with it. Something about to click. This man was literally in his mama's stomach fighting for position. Some people just have a drive about him that you can't teach. He, he had a drive in him. He was crooked, but he had a drive. And God said, you know what? I see this child right here. He's got, it's something about this child. Something about you that God sees. It's something about you. When you out there, when you were selling that dope Lee garden, there is something in him. He got something in him that I can use. I just got to clean him up first. See, y'all got to stop giving up on people, looking at people, judging people. We got to stop doing that because they may come in looking one way, but something in their bloodline is going to stop when they get born again. Let's go to Genesis thirty-eight. Now, listen. This is about to sound like a Netflix series. What I'm about to tell you, and this is Jesus' bloodline. Y'all, listen to this. Y'all, write down to Genesis thirty-eight, and y'all gonna read it. Let me tell you this story. This about Judah. Judah was Jacob's son. Jacob passed something to his son. Y'all listening to this? Look what happened. <laughs> Judah had a daughter named Tamar. T-A-M-A-R. Tamar married Ur. You know the story. Huh? <laughs> she married Er. Err was Judah's son, so that made Tamar Judah's daughter in law. <laughs> All right? Er died, he was evil, God killed him. Everybody that dies, sometimes God just take them out of the way. If they know, if he know, amen, they have no desire to do what's right, God can move them. Er died. So that left Judah as a widow Tomorrow, According to the law, now the brother, see that's some stuff we would never do nowadays. I'm telling y'all right now. (laughs) The brother took Tamar and her His name was Onan. Because the problem became now Ur and Tamar never had children. So because they never had children, now Judah is like who's going to carry on the bloodline. So Ur dies Onan get married. He evil. He do something that I was telling Shannon the story. Shannon say, you might not want to tell that part of the story. But what ha- so I'm going to skip that part. I'm going to skip that part. So Onan died, right? So now Tamar is again without a husband. <laughs> Judah had another son. His name was Shelah, but he was too young to get married. <laughs> so Tamar leaves. He moves to another place, single now. (laughs) Judah is married. Judah's wife died. Tamar is single. Judah is Tamar's father-in-law. See, y'all say that now, but this is the kind of stuff that was going on in Jesus' family. You think you found some family secrets. Stop using your family secrets as a reason for you to stay dysfunctional. (laughs) the dysfunction is supposed to stop with you so look what happened (laughs) Tamar come and she moved to another city and now the problem is Judah's like I do not have seed in my bloodline my family's lineage is getting ready to be gone we have no heirs Tamar hears that Judah is coming to town Judah is supposed to be a holy man. <laughs> Tamar dresses herself up like a prostitute. Somebody say Jesus bloodline. Tamar dress herself up like a prostitute. Could <laughs> Judah stroll in the town? He's supposed to be a godly individual. He goes and grabs the prostitute. He lay up with the prostitute, could not even realizing that's his daughter-in-law. You never thought that kind of stuff would going in churches. Huh? See, that's why people got to read their Bible. When you start really seeing what happened in the Bible, you won't be so quick to give up. Because God didn't give up. He knew he had to bring Jesus through humanity. And humanity sometimes can be ugly. It could be treacherous. It could be dirty. It can be disgusting. But God still had to bring a seed through some bloodline. So, Ju- so Tamar and Judah get together. Judah don't even know he's sleeping with his daughter-in-law. She disguised herself as a prostitute. He don't even know. He couldn't pay her. He gave her his coat. And two other, he gave her three things as a payment, and he say, "Just hold this for me. This is my payment. Tomorrow, takes the payment and go about our business." <laughs> now Judah gets word; then go looking the for, and now somebody say, "We heard there's a prostitute in here." Judah, they looking the for, and they say, "Well, where's she at?" All the people start saying, "We don't have prostitutes around here." And then they found out it was Tamar, and guess what Judah said? Judah said. If she's been living like a prostitute, she was married to my two sons, we're gonna kill her. Tamar said, The man I was with, this is his stuff. Can you imagine the look on his face when he had to swallow his pride cuz stop being a hypocrite when he realized the same thing I'm ready to kill people for. I do it. Your sins are known. Nobody knew what I did, but God has a way of making them hypocrites be known. See, you can't be trying to cut people off, run them out of the church. That's Jesus' people. We want to run Jesus' people out of the church because we'll say I would never do that. Judah said, kill her until he realized he's the one she was with. Why are we so hard on people? If people knew some of the things we were caught up in, I guarantee you we would be a little kinder to toes that come in the church. Some of them things we battle. Listen, let me show y'all how let me show you how, how King the Holy Ghost is. As I was speaking that, he started speaking in my mind some of the things y'all battling with. He said, now what if I expose that? What what if I pull the cover back on that? How would people feel? But I'm not going to do that because the Bible say love covers a multitude of sin. Some of you battling and God is covering you, but you want to stone the next person that come in the door. You can't throw stones from under the cover. You can't throw stones from under the cover. God has covered you. Because what happens is Judah knew how to carry himself like a godly person. He knew how to dress like the people of God. He had a form. He knew what the godly people looked like. And so he never would have got caught being with a prostitute if how many of you know sin leaves receipts? That's a whole nother message. <laughs> That's a whole nother message right there. Sin leaves receipts. Because <laughs> the Bible says there's nothing hid that won't be revealed. Send leave a receipt. You can say I wasn't with that lady. That baby come out look just like you. I don't know how that happened. Listen, bro. There's a receipt called Dana. Dana don't lie. DNA. She don't lie. Dana don't lie. Cain tried to kill Abel. Can Abel say, I don't know where Abel I look like this keeper or something, this babysitter? God say, man, I see some blood on the ground. I swabbed it. I checked the dental records. That's Abel's blood. And guess what? It's only you, Adam, and Eve. They got alibis. They were nowhere around. There's only four people around here. But the other two got alibis. You did it. He said, well, God, my punishment is more than I could bear. See, when we start living a clean life, we don't have to be worrying about the receipts and the paper trail you leave behind you. It's stressful to live a phony life. Send leave receipts. And eventually, you're going to drop a receipt. Sooner or later, that receipt gonna fall out of your pocket. <sighs> Y'all listen. That's why as a church we gotta cover one another. But nobody wants their receipts exposed. You battling through your personality, you trying to get clean, you trying to get free, you trying to become more like God. You don't want your receipts all over the world, all on Facebook and Instagram and social. That's not how Christians do things. True Christians cover a multitude of sin. Christians don't embarrass people. Christians don't do that. So y'all see what that Judah got caught up in? Ain't that something? This boy, Tamar. Now, I don't even, I got to ask the Holy Ghost how to give me some wisdom. Man. I'm a, no, I may not touch that one. Look, y'all sitting there like y'all watching Netflix. What's next? What are you about to say? <laughs> Young and the rest, was on. they sitting up there like, what are you about to say now? Say it, say it. I can hear y'all say it. Say it. I want to hear say it. I'm gonna just say it like this. Tamar was a very, very crafty female, and I'm gonna let y'all chew on that. <laughs> y'all got it, huh? I'm not a misogynist. I don't want to highlight a gender. Men think they slick. I don't think you can be slicker than a lady. That's just my opinion. Because they got to cook for you. You See what I'm saying? That's why you got to, women, you got to, Listen. The things that go on in people's brain, the evil, the murder, the plotting, the conspiracy, the theft. The, Jesus said it like this. He say, They say, Jesus, why are your disciples eating and they didn't wash their hands? He said, you, my friend, are living life at a very, very shallow level. Because it's not what the in the man that defile him. They say, but what's come out of him? For out of him proceeds evil thoughts. Y'all listen to me. <laughs> Do you know that you can... I remember when I was, a, I was young. I was a teenager. I remember this. And I was, I was playing ball. I was talking to this girl. And next thing you know, I found out that a guy I grew up with was trying to get at her too. And I was like, hold on. You mean to tell me me and you together every day, we're around each other all of the time, you know me that good? And you mean to tell me you come to my house, in my house, ride with me in the car, and the whole time you've been plotting? Up? I said, hold on. People are evil. I learned that at a very young age. I learned that when I was attending college. I learned some valuable lessons about. This is what Jesus said. He said, I don't need nobody to tell me about what go on in the mind of a man. I know them. (laughs) And some of you, you can keep your head buried in the sand all you want and think everybody just good at two shoes. there got some evil stuff going on in the minds of people you hang with. Jesus said, be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. You can't be living life shallow and naive and then something happened. Where that came from? There's been clues, little comments. You just love them so much you didn't want to see it. You couldn't see it. You didn't want to accept that it's true. There's always going to be evidence popping up. You got to be paying attention. Oh my god. Because things don't just happen all at once. It happens gradually. <sighs> Help me, Holy Ghost. So y'all, Judah wanted to destroy Tamar until he found out that was him. Because now we can go to another character in 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 listen to this character. When, the, when David, y'all know David, huh? Look what happened. David, God said, David is a man after my own heart. God said that. God called him that. David is, we all know David the warrior. One day, David is on top of his palace, taking a break. From battle, taking a break from war, just kicking back. I can imagine back then he probably went on vacation. He was just playing on Facebook or social media, you know, just cool and just. And the Bible say he looked out over there and he saw Bathsheba. And instead of David saying, that woman is taken. Let me get off of this roof and go about my business. See, the devil going to try you. He going to fish. He going to gonna. He's going to catch you when you're supposed to be spiritual. You're supposed to be on your game. He's supposed to be on your job. As soon as you let your guard down, he's going to just put something in the water, see if you're going to nibble at it. He just want to see when you're lonely. Why is it everybody look good when you're lonely? When you're busy and you're not thinking about that, you ain't even worried about that. you focus, focused, you locked in. But as soon as you start feeling like I'm getting a little older, then you start lowering your standards well he don't have a job but you know i make enough to see that's what sin does it compromises you that's the biggest way for you to check if you're getting weak when you start compromising lowering your standards you might get be getting weak because you're getting desperate i'm gonna pull a word out of the kids book you're getting thirsty Y'all say it can't happen to me. Why? It can't happen to you. It happened to the king. You've got to be humble enough to know it could happen to you just like it could happen to anybody else. The first standard of, the first sign of weakness is when you start to settle. If you're starting to settle for less than God's best, that's an indication you are getting weak, my friend. So David looked over there. I told y'all, this is like some Netflix things. these people. This, this, um, this is in the Bible. David looked at Bathsheba. God saved a man after God's own heart. He looked at Bathsheba, and he just started thinking like a man. And he started, y'all know how. And he started thinking, and he's like, she looked good. And Then, he's, then, then this is what he did. He started asking questions. See, when you start snooping around, you start going stalking profile. Oh, David started stalking her profile. Oh, where he worked. See, this is the kind of things going on when you're by yourself. What he drive? What company it is? Oh, he went to college. Man, he ain't saved. I can work with it. I'm going to lead him to Christ. You can't lead a demon to Christ. <laughs> that's why I say marry who you will long as they in the Lord. He's saying if you marry and somebody not saved, that's different. But don't go grab somebody that's not saved. You see how you can twist that word however you want to fit a desire. So David starts stomping her profile. I can see him. I'm bringing him into 2021. He just scrolled. Then he hit photos. He start going through her pictures. Then he see relationship status, married. Then she starts saying, he starts saying, she ain't happy anyway. They don't, they don't look happy. She ain't post a picture with him in, since 2015. I don't see her. Where, where, where? Uriah ain't nowhere in the picture. Why, 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 why she went on vacation by herself? Wait, wait, say that again. I'm helping y'all, huh? I'm just trying to show you how things could happen. And it seemed innocent, but you don't realize. The Bible say when lust is conceived, he gave you the breakdown in James. In James, he said it like this. You don't just go do it. It starts with a thought. It starts with a temptation. It starts with a desire. And from that little desire, you start nibbling and nibbling and nibbling. And then he says, sin when it is finished. He said, when it's finished, so David all up and down her profile. He prestigious. He can get, he the king. He's, now he start thinking like, I'm, okay, I got this. I'm rich. He ain't got nothing. He just got a little. Man, let me show this woman what real life can be. Am I preaching today? David starts saying, I could let me show her what. So next thing you know, it take two now. It take two. David sent for, shot his line, and she said, Oh my God, the king. Her and Uriah probably was getting along just fine. But when he shot his shot, her mind just started saying, I could move into the palace. Uriah started looking different. (laughs) The sparkle in her eyes that she had for Uriah, it wasn't a sparkle no more. Now she started finding reasons to argue with it. That thing just started breaking down. Next thing you know, David sent for her. I don't see nowhere in the story where. Bathsheba said, David, I'm married. I'm not coming. I don't see that nowhere." She was a willing participant, and she went right along with the script. So they come together, and next thing you know, David gave. See, sin is like this. When you're doing something adventurous, sin is like an adventure. Your heart racing. It's pounding. It's the thrill, and then after you finish, you like I can't believe I did that. Yes. Sin got receipts though. Right. <laughs> that receipt. What was the receipt? She started throwing up. <laughs> she started vomiting. And David say, well, She married? It's good. I can cut. That's easy." She. They say, "No, Dave. You right. You been at war. They ain't been together." In He say, do what? Now his mind started, he started calculating. He say, well, if I was with her right here. Okay, when that war started, how long he been gone? They say, nah, David, he been gone longer than the, she haven't even had an option. He been gone. He been off show. Sometimes I got to bring this to modern times. Bathsheba send back, David. I'm caught, I'm vomiting. I think I'm pregnant. David said, Ain't mine. Now, And all this in Jesus' bloodline. See, that's what I'm trying. That's the main point. (laughs) This is, is in his bloodline. You can't give up your Christian walk when you battling yourself. There are some ugly things about your personality that you got to come face to face with and say, you know what? I am a no good, low down, dirty dog, but God, if you work with me, if you help me, if you don't throw me away. A lot of us don't want to admit we some low down, dirty dogs. And we rather cover that up. But it can't stop with you unless you confess, I'm low down, I'm dirty, ugly. <sighs> Come on, man. See, this is what church is supposed to be like, real. Because you're trying to overcome some ugly things. Right. Say, Lord, these drugs, I want to be a Christian, but this drugs is calling me. You got to help me. Because before you, Christ, when I felt stress or anxious or anxiety or depressed, I would turn to drugs. I don't want to turn to drugs no more. David said, so now David had more resources to cover his trail. God had to step in. Uh Uh-oh. God stirred Nathan up. He said, Nathan, this is what David did. But now let's see how I can help him and not lose him. Ooh, what a God. (laughs) God starts saying, I know I've called him to be a king. But this man took Uriah's wife and then sent Uriah to the front line to be killed. But I can still help. At that moment right there, when he took Bathsheba, the church don't want nothing to do with David. He went even further and had the man killed. When you say David's name over 2,000 years later, the first thing many people are going to think about is Bathsheba. But the first thing God going to think about is that is the one that I brought my son through. So God... Uriah, David sent Uriah to the water to get killed. Nathan walked up to David. He said, David, there was a certain rich man, just like Judah. <laughs> he said, David, there's a certain rich man. Had all kind of sheep and, 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 and goats and, 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 and livestock. He had, he, anytime he wanted a sheep, he could just get one slaughtered and have a great time. Then he said, in this small little town, they had a little poor man and all he had was one little ewe lamb. He was waiting for it to grow up. He said, that rich man took that sheep, that little lamb, and killed it and ate it. He didn't even go get And David said, oh my God. He said, the man that did that, that man deserved death immediately. See, the things you're pronouncing on other people. You deserve. You calling your family dope head and, and no good and conniving and you forget that you was once just like them. I ain't gonna bring them to church because they not going they ain't never gonna change. How can you say somebody's never going to change? How do you get the arrogancy to think that any human is beyond the reach of God? When you're speaking like that, that's telling God, you don't really know me. You don't know me. Because while David himself was pronouncing death, God could have killed David Instantly, while he was with Bathsheba, just like he killed Onan in the Old Testament. Onan, God killed him because he spilled something on the ground. God wiped him out immediately. But God was looking at David. How can I help him? See, you don't get mad at prophets that come to you, and the prophet's trying to spare you from judgment. Do you need some Nathans in your life that can see through what you really are and just tell you to help you? Now, prophets gain some wisdom like Nathan. You can't just go at people 100 miles per hour. You got to get wisdom from God to break them down because the way God broke David down, he made David admit that, David, if I kill you, I'm just. David admitted that. He said, God, the man that did that, he deserves to die. Nathan looked him in his eyes. He didn't raise his voice. He didn't holler. He didn't scream. He didn't fight with him. He said, you that man. When David heard that, he just collapsed. Because what he thought, he thought God was bringing judgment on him. But God was bringing mercy to him. And God was trying to let David know, David All I need you to do is admit that what you did was disgusting. Admit that what you did was ungodly. (laughs) Admit that what you just admitted. And if you admit it, I can help you. Oh, my God. Y'all, there is no better part of church service than the altar because that's when you can come before God And just be honest and transparent and true with him to get the help that you need. There is no better part of the church service than the altar. Oh, my God. This was all in Jesus' bloodline. Somebody says, stop with me. (laughs) Now, let me ask you a question. Do you read about any of that dysfunction in Christ? You don't see none of it. Because what Christ came to do, he came to introduce the world to the spirit of God. Something that can stop all of the dirt, the filth, the conniving, the addictions, everything that's been traveling to you. The same way it stopped when it hit Christ, it can stop when it hit you. If you let Christ live in you. Man, that's beautiful. That is powerful. (laughs) That is powerful. And this is what God said. He said, tell the people that they can no longer make excuses for their dysfunction because they come from dysfunction. God said, you got to be the first one to do it. Listen, listen. The anointing of Abraham. Now, this is what y'all got to catch. The Abrahamic anointing. The reason the Bible calls us the sons of Abraham, called Abraham's seed, because Abraham was the first to break barriers. Now, when God called Abraham, he told Abraham these words. I need you to separate from your family and your kindred. I need you to get away from the dysfunction. Some people are addicted to the dysfunction. You ever met somebody that loved drama? They're they not happy unless they're talking about something dramatic. you got to break that. First thing you got to do, you got to get away from that. Now listen to this point. The anointing of Abraham is the grace to be the first to do it. The first one to stay married. The first one in your family to graduate college. The first one to break alcoholic addiction. The first one to break spousal abuse. Because a lot of the bad things we pick up is because that's what we saw. Now, let me give you the warning. Listen. The first one to break it is going to have the hardest journey. You're going to have the most barriers. But if you think about this, think about this. I have been called to be the first one to do it. God, give me a mental toughness and a grace to stand because what you are fighting for, you are fighting for the future of your bloodline. Oh, my God. And that, my friend, is not an easy fight. That's a hard fight. That's a war. That's a war. Listen, you are literally at war to stop this dysfunction from going to your children. Every time you start a project and quit, your kids see that. And they grow up and you say, well, why you can't hold a job and you have 15? When your kids grow up angry (laughs) and wanting to fight in school all the time, are they seeing that at home? Are they seeing you and your mom and you and your husband always arguing? But that spirit, that energy is in that house. And when they go to school and get around their friends, they're going to want to handle it the way they've been seeing you handle it. And you're going to say, why do you keep getting suspended? And you want to whip them, but you don't even realize until you change your behavior, it's going to be hard to change their behavior. Look, he clapping. Well, look at God. God will make the children amen. <laughs> the little boy was it, clapping his hand. Now, that ain't no reason to be bad. Because your mom or dad ain't going to get suspended. You're going to get suspended. The soul that sinned got a bear's burden. But the point I'm making is. How we open doors to our children because of what we show them. There's a powerful, powerful scripture. So the one point I was going to make is you got to be the first to do it. And listen, here's your warning. How many of us seem like your life been harder since you committed to Christ? (laughs) She she just leaned back. (laughs) Monique said, hmm. Because you're fighting for something. You're trying to turn. It's like you're trying to turn the Titanic. A little boat turns fast. But a bloodline is not a little boat. A bloodline is a gigantic cruise ship. And it takes a lot of effort and energy to turn a big old cruise ship. The passengers on your cruise ship, that's your children. That's your grandchildren. Grandchildren. And that what they're going to be exposed to is a direct result of how you carry yourself. Sometimes you may have to follow Jesus by yourself. But in those moments that you want to give up, think about who watching. And not about who watching. Think about 20 years of you being holy. Now God has blessed you to be holy, righteous. You've got a bank account, you're credit good. And now people start coming behind you. In year five when you wanted to give up, Year 20 is when the blessing was going to come. You want to give up in year five, but he said the promise is not just to you. He said the promise is not just to you. Somebody say don't be selfish. He said, but it's to you and your children and to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Wow. That's power. So let me go to my last point, and we're getting ready to go. I'm preaching short and shorter. It's all right. I think y'all got it. Y'all got that? Amen. I told y'all, Stephanie had the hype for y'all today. I don't have We're not in elementary today. Let me show you something in Mark chapter 9. Y'all listen to me very carefully. Very carefully right here. Please. Now, I'm warning y'all, this may touch some, some, somebody pretty deep, So, but don't get mad because you've got to understand the spirit world. Amen? Mark 9 and 17, he said, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought my son unto thee, my son. He has a dumb spirit. And whatsoever he tanked him, he teareth him. He foamed and gnashed with his teeth and pined it away. I spake to thy disciples to cast him out. They could not. He answered and said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer with you? Bring him to me. Somebody says, stop with me. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground, wild of foam. And he asked his father, Here we go. How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. Here's the revelation on that. That spirit gained access to that child through something that parent got involved in. That parent's activity gave that demon legal access to that child. You think you're just having a good time, but you're opening doors for demons to torment your children. Oh, he say, how long he been like this? He said, since he was a child. Who protects the child? Who's the guardian? Of- how could a demon get to the child except it go through the parent? Think, people. <laughs> think. Once you repent, and turn to Christ and be born again now you gotta think about the doors you could have opened and start closing them doors you can't leave portals this is how the world works y'all when John was taken to the Isle of Patmos and I'm just flowing in the spirit right here John was taken to the Isle of Patmos and he say a door opened up to him and this is what I'm seeing right now In the physical realm, there's doors that connect to us. And these spirits, when we engage in certain behaviors, these spirits just walk through these doors. We open doors all of the time. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the what? He said, I'm standing at your door and I'm knocking. And he say, I'm, I'm a spirit, but I can't get in except something opens up. <laughs> Listen, church, when you when you engaging in calling psychics, reading horoscopes, I'm a Capricorn, I'm a Sagittarius, I'm a this, I'm a, y'all, you opening doors Because you are taking the course of your life out of God's hand and you're leaving it to the things that exist in the universe. Because you think I'm a Capricorn so this is what's going to happen and it opens the door for demons to come into your life. People don't believe this stuff real. Paul went into a city and when Paul went into a city they had a sorcerer over there. And the Bible say he bewitched the people and had the people thinking he was some great one. He was putting spells on people. He was literally putting spells on people. And because the reason the people were subject to the spells was because they didn't know God. So God sent Paul over there into that city to show these people the spirit world is real. But my power is greater than it all. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till we get to the north side of Lafayette. I'm telling y'all. We're going to be casting more devils out than you ever want to see. I'm telling you. But we got to realize that we open doors. I'm a Christian. I can't open the door. The Bible says. When an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he goes throughout the earth. Listen, the unclean spirit, when he leaves a person, he starts roaming. (laughs) He starts roaming. What he wants is where he was because there's something in you that made that demon attracted to you. Something about you attracted that demon. Well, you get born and clean and stop with you. God casts that spirit out or he breaks that influence of that demon off of your mind. That demon starts to roam throughout the earth. And the Bible say he starts looking for somewhere to rest and he don't find none? Then he say he circles back around and knocks at your door. And this is what he does. He looks at your house and he see you've been in church about four years. You've been living clean. You've been keeping yourself. You've been walking upright. But I see your mind drifting. I see you getting a little weak. You getting a little lonely. You, I see that. The devil don't come back in. He don't come back in. He go back to his crew. And he say, listen. The hole I had him the first time, it wasn't strong enough. I need some help. And the Bible said he go back and get seven other spirits. And they come back to that same house that was clean. And the Bible says the last state of that man is worse than the first. We've got to start learning how this spirit will work so we'll be careful. And not just picking up anything and think that there's going to be no receipts. Listen, church. Be careful. If you feel weak, ask God to strengthen you. If you feel tempted to go dabble in some things, say, God, I know that's not good for me. But this is what I'm feeling. See, this is how you walk as a Christian. You walk honestly. That say, God, I know this is not good, but this is what I feel. Help me. Oh, my God. See, don't be ashamed because you... Listen, this is something I learned about temptation. Temptation is not personal. It's business. When he come for you, when he come for you, it's not about your name, your title, who you are. He's coming to destroy you. He's coming. And, and guess what? This is something I learned about the enemy. This part right here really floored me. <laughs> the longer you've been in Christ and the bigger your title is, the more of a prize you are for him. It's like a deer hunter. Deers are measured in size. And the hunters did bigger adrenaline rush, the bigger the deers are. Because the bigger the deer are, that means that's the longer they've been surviving. He wants you, Jennifer. Yeah, the devil wants you. Look, you're bringing people to church. Got your little prayer line. He after you. I'm telling you, I see it. He trying to set you up right now and ruin your witness. Yeah, he coming for you. I'm telling you right now. Oh yeah, Ash, he coming for you, Monique. He coming for you. Let me, oh, you want to spark outreach? He coming for your head. Listen, people of God, he's coming for your head. Period. You need to know that. Because when them bullets start flying at you, you gotta have it made up in your mind that I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna retreat. And when I feel myself getting weak, I'm gonna get me some help. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to get me some help. Listen, it can happen to anybody. And the bigger your title, the more he wants you. You need to know that. (laughs) I got proof, and this is why we're getting ready to go. (laughs) When Moses died, think about this, church. The Bible says that God took Moses' body and hid it. The devil started looking for that body. He was going all over the world. He was like, God, where that body at? Why did he want Moses' body? Because Moses had influence. And he knew, if I can get in that body, I can take this whole country down. So God hid that body. The devil got so angry, God had to send Michael. And he had to tell Michael, keep Satan away from this body. And Michael stood up and he said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. He wants you. That's a word of knowledge for you, church. He wants you. He won't house of freedom to fail. Oh, yeah, he plotting on it. He want us to give up. But we not giving up. We ain't even. We barely a year old. We ain't even warmed the bus up good yet. plotting on us he's scheming on you lee He, he he want he want to ruin you because there's people that's looking at you saying if he can bring that one to church i know he can help me but this is what the world does when one of god's beloved saints fall back into the world it gives sinners justification that that don't work but your life is going to bring somebody out. When you stand and don't quit and don't give up, somebody in your family is going to come to Christ because you didn't quit. My advice to you Christians, stay clean. Stay clean. Don't let let anything dirty your name up. Fight for this thing. You, you are royal priesthood, Paul Peter said. They say you are a holy nation. You are chosen by God. God has called you and sanctified you and set you apart so that people can look at you and literally have hope. Jesus said you are the light of the world, meaning that people are going to find God through you. And if you give up, You literally can cause people not to be saved. Somebody say, I could feel that. Somebody saying, I don't want that kind of pressure. Well, you gave your life to Christ, (laughs) and you got that kind of pressure. But the Bible said the sin of the whole world was resting on Jesus, stopping sin traveling through the human race. You got a few people in your family watching you. He had billions depending on him. Not falling with that woman at the well. (laughs) Every temptation he faced, the weight of the world was dependent on him staying strong. If that woman at the well could have caught him up, nobody could be saved today. But because he's maintained his integrity, and listen, the devil was strategic because this wasn't any kind of woman. She had five husbands, and she was with a man. She walked up to him, and the man literally was tired and alone. His disciples had went in the city to get food. Nobody would have known what happened. He could have slid us something quick. Set it up for later when his disciples come back, act like nothing going on. That's the greatest test of your Christianity when nobody around. That's your greatest test of do you really love God when nobody around to see what you're doing? And it's in those moments when you show God the most that you really, really love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I hope this word helps somebody today. I really do. I hope this word helped somebody today. I hope it uplifted your spirit and it gives you the strength. Because think about it. All of the dysfunction that I showed you that was in Christ's blood. He still, through the Holy Ghost, caused all of that to stop. You gotta know that's how much power God has given you. God has given you the power to stay married, to stay single and celibate, to stay strong, to stay off of drugs. To God has given you. But listen, God has given you the power to lay hands on somebody sick and they recover. Think about that, y'all. God has given you the power that if one of your friends have a child with a demon in them, you can cast that out of them. You have the power to break years of bondage off of your friends and family life. Value what God has given you. You have the power to literally cause miracles to happen. Somebody say I'm powerful. Y'all didn't sound powerful. Somebody say, I'm powerful. Somebody say, it stops with me. Say it like you mean it. Say, it stops with me. God wanted to stop with you. (laughs) That's the power of Christianity. That no matter how long it's been traveling no matter how bad it's been in your family because listen y'all certain demons attach to certain families some people have demons that cause molestation to occur in their family you can break that all of these skeletons in the closet God is not calling us to live a life with skeletons in the closet God is causing us to have the power to go in that closet and grab all them skeletons and say you know what you've been living in this closet for 49 years but you gotta get out of here I'm turning the light on on this closet you got the power to kick all the skeletons out of your family closet Yes, you do. you got that kind of power. Some of y'all demons been assigned to your family. Break them. Ask God to show them to you. Because it's affecting your relationships. It's affecting your business. It's affecting your work ethic. And you need to break them so it don't go to your children. And your grandchildren, why build generation of wealth and demons going to just steal it away? You don't want to get to your wealthy place, but you never close the door to the demons that have been attached to your family. Ask God, God, show me every door because I work too hard to save money, to build a business, to watch it go by the wayside work too hard to build this. I work too hard. Satan don't mind you building. He just don't want you to pass it to your children. <laughs> oh my God. Y'all stand up with me. Let's go. I told y'all I was going to be a little boring today. Hope I wasn't too poor. Amen. I hope I wasn't too bored. But there's some things that we need to break. Amen. As we get ready, up, go. Y'all mind if I pray with y'all this cup right here? Come on up here. There's some things, see, this is, listen to me, church. I'm going to give y'all some record Y'all just come right in. And y'all hold hands. Some things we're going to break off of y'all. Amen. Y'all believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. Huh? He said, oh yes. Y'all been doing well. Y'all been doing well. But the enemy don't want to let you go. But we're going to break some things today. Amen. Because whom the Son of Man sets free. God is going to take the struggle away to go back. To see as long as there's a struggle, that means there's an opportunity to go back. But when God break it, struggle, go. Somebody say, devil, you can't have this couple. Come on, y'all speak over and say, devil, this is a kingdom couple. Y'all ready to be a kingdom couple? That's a kingdom couple. I say that's a kingdom cup I'm speaking that over y'all right now. Y'all gonna do great things in the kingdom of God. Y'all testimony is gonna help a lot of people. Kingdom cup I feel that. our hands toward her. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, as I lay hands upon this kingdom couple today, oh God, Amen. Satan, I command you, the war in the mind, I curse it at the room. Every attack, everything you have plotted, the thing that you had planned for them this week, I curse it. He has something planned for y'all this week. we blocking it, though. Father, in the name of Jesus, give them the strength. Give them the power. Give them the faith. God, even, oh God, that they would become, God, walking in the Holy Ghost, oh God. God, even, God, open up your word to them, God, so that they can know that there's more that you have in store for them oh God in the name of Jesus I break God every unclean thing God even calls right now oh God that their mind be washed with pure water from above that their bodies be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ God in every unclean thing every God every thing oh God that they're battling and facing oh God I command it right now to be broken. Come on, the Lord is literally freeing you right now. I command it to be broken. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless y'all, kingdom couple. To be open for more. There's more. There's more. God bless y'all. Love y'all. Amen. Somebody say there's more. Somebody say I'm alive. Because there's more. Oh, my God, I love that. I just want to pray over y'all right where y'all are. God me. Pray for this family. Come on right, Just right, here. Yeah. Just right here. Just right quick. Yeah. Just right quick. Just right quick. We getting ready to go. Oh yes. That's it. What are they to you? I know. <laughs> oh wow. It's a lot of scars in this. stop what you do. Somewhere you put your foot down. And you say enough is enough. I know. And God gonna help you. Amen. To rebuild your life. And it's gonna be better than it ever was. So much more for you. Ain't God good? Wow. God is so good. The Lord says be encouraged be encouraged in the Lord today. Amen. He got you. I can feel him. The Bible says as the mountain surrounds Jerusalem. You know Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains. And God say that's how he's going to surround you. He says angels are going to be in camp round about you. What that is you've been dealing with? Huh? Oh yeah, I can see that. What you're dealing with? To see that spirit, give me, give me, give me that all. Y'all believe that God can heal? You believe that today? You believe we can send lupus back where it can go? Listen, y'all, I'm gonna speak some scriptures. We gotta <laughs> declare the word over this. This is what Jesus said He said, By my stripes, do you all heal? And He said, How sickness is a part of the curse. And he said, I became a curse to free them that are under the curse. And I'm speaking the word because heaven got to honor his word. Then he says, if there be any sick among you, he say let them call for the elders of the church. And let them put the oil, the land on of the hands. Then he said, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. So, God, we honor your word today. And I heard the Holy Ghost say it won't take long, as long as you believe. You believe for your daughter, let's come and agree. The Bible say, well, the two come in agreement. Me and you coming in agreement right now. That's been a hard battle on that, baby. Huh? Been a burden on the family. A lot of resources, a lot of time, a lot of physical energy. But you love her to death, huh? Jesus said, I'm coming to help you today. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus. God, I believe you right now, God, for a miracle. In Jesus' name. Every blood cell regulates. Come on, believe on Jesus. Come on, believe on the Lord Jesus. Come on, believe on the Lord Jesus. Come on, we need our risen Savior to show himself strong. Lord Jesus, we believe it on the Jesus of the Bible. I don't care how long she's been having it. I don't care how bad it's been. I believe you today that you say we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In Jesus' name. Her mind. Not only take it away, God. Oh, God, I feel that. Andor Ramanda, Rita Baba, Corabasi, ko Rabasi, Ramanda, Rita Damaso, Rabataya. Hallelujah. This is a strong call. This is a strong call. This has been challenging for y'all. This is a strong call. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. And the church has been fasting. Amen. So we're coming in agreement. Break this thing, God. Break this thing, God. Send your virtue right now, God. Release your virtue, God. In Jesus' name. And God, strengthen this mother, God. God, I command every door closed Mm. God say he's closing every door he's closing the door on the enemy everything that allowed him access into your life God say he has no more legal right in this family you are now an heir of God and as an heir of God you're going to see everything that he's promised in his word. Every tear this baby shed, God. You know the hurt, the pain, the scars. Oh, God. God, I break the spirit of rejection off of this child. God wants you to know that you love someone dearly and it's like they don't want anything to do with you. But God says, I love you. If no man ever love you, God says, I love you. God says, I love you. Says, I love you. you are not an orphan. You're not ugly. You're not rejected. God says He's breaking that self-esteem issue off of you. God says you are beautiful, and you are the apple of His eye, and He loves you. He loves you. God loves you. Jesus said, "He, you, you are loved." You hear me? You are loved. Your mom loves you, dear. Jesus loves you so much, he gave his life for you. Hallelujah. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. His family going to be okay. Hallelujah. I'm going to be okay. The Lord says, I'm your husband. I'm going take care of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Alright, we're getting ready to go. You want us to pray for him? Come on. Give me that oil. We're getting ready to go. You're walking good. Amen. Every demonic attack, everything, the enemy, every dark God, I command it right now. Come on, church. This strong attacks been coming our way. There was a woman in the Bible, Abraham's daughter. And the woman was sitting in church, and she was bowed over. And that, that, that thing had attacked her and caused her to be bowed over. And Jesus said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And the Pharisees got upset. And Jesus said these words. He got legal. He said, shall not Abraham's daughter be loosed from this infirmity? Satan, I command you. Every attack on her health. Every attack on her mind. Everything that you've been throwing her. Every mountain. Every roadblock every obstacle I command you to be cast into the sea. God says you're going to see immediate results. God said you Abraham's daughter. You're an heir. He say, healing is the children's bread. God says already done." Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Somebody say it stops with me. It stops with me. That daughter, your daughter, that young one, she's so precious. She's so precious. It's rare you see babies crying at the altar, but I know that's the anointing, the, the presence of God she felt. There's a lot of healing that's going to take place in your family. A lot of it. Y'all need a lot of it. And God is going to take his time with y'all. And day by day, y'all are going to get better and better. I can see what happened, but God don't want me to release that in the atmosphere. You know what happened. God said he saw what happened. Forgive him. He knows it's hard. Forgive him. And move to the future. Move to the future. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Numbers chapter 6. Let me read that. My phone. You got? Let me just read that right quick. We're going to go. Ain't God good, saints of God? Hallelujah. It stops with me. Praise God about to say, I'm going to be the first one to do it. I'm going to be the first one to do it. honey. Angel, You got a lot of things you're going to be the first one to do. You're going to do it, too. See, God didn't forget about you. She just over there. She just one of the humblest people I ever met. She just like, you're going to be the first one to do it. Oh, my God. I felt it. Let me get from up here, because when you get up here, it's like something just take over you just felt that, you're going to be the first one to do it. Wow, that's so beautiful. Oof. You too ask me. God's going to start helping a lot of the single women. Because a single mom has a hard life. y'all. But God say, I'm about to step in. And you're going to be, it's going to be like you're married to a millionaire. I'm going to go ahead on and keep that to myself because y'all didn't shout on that. I'm brother Bill. God said, now you're going to feel like you're married to a millionaire because God is saying a lot of times the enemy can attack the single women in an area of vulnerability it's just because their burden is so heavy. So God said, I'm going to go ahead on and step in and do some supernatural things. God said, I'm going to step in and do some supernatural things. The better transportation, the better jobs, God said, I'm going to go on and step in and pay some mortgages, pay some bills. God said, I'm going to go on and send you things that you didn't even ask me for. In other words, he said, I'm going to go on and lighten your load. So don't y'all envy no married woman because they married. God said, I'm going to go on and step in and I'm going to ease that burden. <laughs> Ain't good. I know y'all have it hard. That's okay number six the lord bless thee and keep thee the lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee the lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace and they shall put my name upon the children of israel and i will bless them god bless you we love you in jesus name you are dismissed